Hey everybody, welcome back to Small Talk Japan. On this show, we talk about all things Japan in English. My name is Mitch, and I'm here with Daiso Alex. Alex. Also known as Josh. I'm just going to call you Daiso Alex from now on. Eh, whatever. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Got a great show for you guys today. We're going to talk about how foreign tourists up in October. We're going to talk about how Japan aims, moles, considers to get tourism back up to pre-pandemic levels. We're also going to talk about how the government doesn't want to pay for your vaccines anymore. We're also going to talk about how Japan was given the infamous fossil reward for uh, its climate change inactivism. And we're also going to talk about some fun stuff. We're going to be talking about Nintendo expanding through Japan. Expanding. Uh, we're also going to be talking about how since Japan's money is doing so poorly, they're just going to make some new money. That's how it works. Uh, we're also going to be talking about Tom and Jerry's new kawaii design for Japan. Oh my God, you guys got to see this. And... What Studio Ghibli is up to. Do we actually know? We we don't know. Roll that intro. All right, so I don't know, man. These days, every time I see something from Studio Ghibli, it's like their theme park. But today, we're gonna talk about the end of the show. It's 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 a shocker. It's a shocker. It's got the it's got the Twitterverse. What do you think about this Elon Musk acquiring Twitter? It's I don't know. It seems like a shit show right now. You know what, it's it, funny, you though. Know how, you know, ever since, like, the Donald Trump was elected president in 2016, I think it's when he was elected, right? When, like, after that, it just seemed like everything that happens in life is just, like, a part of a really shitty, stupid movie. Yeah. You know that movie, Don't Look Up? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like, like that. There was an exchange between a British anchor and, like, a, uh, a, a, like a climate change activist on, on, on like, uh, the internet recently. Yeah. And it is like verbatim, scene for scene, from like the movie Don't Look Up. Yeah. It's crazy. And like the title of the Reddit post that I saw says like, climate activist screams on television or something like that. I It's like 10 minutes long. I watched the whole thing. She wasn't screaming at all. She was very passionate. Yeah. And she kept making very valid points. And the guy kept saying like, you know, you are inconveniencing people with your activism. And I'm like, motherfucker, don't you know what a protest is for? Like a protest. Okay, so guys, just get the, to, to talk about pro, uh, protests throughout the ages. Okay, protests are only uh, they're, they're only effective when you can literally shut down traffic. Like if you look at like the Million Man March in Washington, if you look at all the big protests in throughout history, it's always because they basically shut down everyday life, and then everybody has to look at the protests. And then they have to think about critically about the, the issues at hand. And this guy, this, this, this news anchor was like, think of the people who need to get to work on time. It's like, it's like when Galandri or whatever, it's Galandria uh, on Don't Look Up when she was like, she's like, that's just making people sad. Don't talk about that. He's like, the big fucking asteroid is going to come and kill us all. She's like, it's making people sad. Yeah. It's like, What? Well, I think it also depends on like what you're protesting and all that. Because, well, they're like, protesting climate change, which is yeah, pretty important. Yeah, that, that's that's fine. But there are some protests out there that are kind of like, I don't know, I feel ridiculous. Like people that are like throwing, what was it, like soup on okay. the Mona Lisa and stuff like that. No, that's not a protest. That's just being a dick. Yeah. Okay. But so the part of protest is that you've got to garner support to your to your to your effort to, to your to what you want you know like whatever you're after right and so if you don't have a lot of people in your protest you can't shut down the town yeah right but what these guys one of the annoying things that these guys are doing and i i do think this is really stupid is they keep gluing themselves to streets yeah i think that we should have just like an easy way to deal with that just like dig them out or something or maybe, <laughs> i don't know they're using super glue i think there's some sort of chemical that dissolves super glue yeah 
I think so. Um, in my high school, high school story time. Do you know what Super Seventy Seven is? I do not. Super Seventy Seven is a is a three M spray glue. Okay. It basically it's used to like attach upholstery to surfaces. Okay, just so you can imagine, it's not it's not something to screw around with. Okay. Right. So when I was in high school, these two kids thought it would be super funny if they both Super Seventy Seven their hands and then high five each other. It was oh, okay. a very awkward drive to the hospital. Is it like stronger than like super glue? Um, so like super glue like cures very quickly and super 77 also cures very quickly, but not as fast as super glue, but it's like industrial strength. Oh gosh. So did it like, did they have to like rip the skin off or did they use some kind of like solvent to d- dissolve the, I don't know. Uh, the last thing that we heard about it was they had to go to the hospital and we we're not talking about it anymore. I mean, high school is just about making stupid mistakes i think yeah but there's there's like mist oh i have so many high school stories we're not going to get into that we don't have time for that because we got the news to go to so here we go foreign tourists in japan in october up 15 fold uh to 2088 uh 288,900 people when you say up 15 fold it's like if you were closed for all but one hour of like the day before yeah and you got one customer mm-hmm. and then today you were open for most of the day and you got 15 customers hey, it's still 15 fold I, I, <laughs> it sounds nice mathematically it makes sense but yeah come on guys it's, anyway so it says the number of uh, foreign tourists that arrived in japan in october increased uh, more than 15 fold remember that 15 fold number uh, from the previous month to 288,909, that last nine people, man, they really made it in there. Uh, government data showed Friday as the country removed almost all COVID-19 entry restrictions on October 11th. Now, next story. Speed run the news. Japan aims to revive inbound tourism to pre-pandemic levels by 2025. Japan will aim to have inbound tourism recover to pre-pandemic levels by 2025, the tourist agency said Monday. The tourism agency said Monday. What tourism agency? What is he talking about? Whatever. Uh, with, with travel demand expected to return in line with a recovery in global air traffic, which is really important because right now airplane tickets into Japan are fucking expensive. I know. I just booked a couple of them. The plan outlining goals for 2025 presented by the Japan Tourism Agency. Oh, why didn't you put this in the first paragraph that you referred to? Whatever. Kyoto news. Um, at, at a meeting of experts also seeks to have the number of overnight stays in regional areas by foreign visitors increase from the from the 2019 total of 43 million. Let me just tell you something, guys. Here we go. Look right here. We don't want pre-pandemic levels of tourism. That's not what we want. We want pre-pandemic levels of tourism money. Mm-hmm. But not levels of people. Did you travel anywhere in central Japan, like in 2019, 2018? No, I don't think I did. Okay. At the risk, I, I'm not going to say where they're from, but you guys can probably just get the image here. I was at a, an airport in central Japan in 2018. And there were like, it looked like the like, you know, when you go to Six Flags or Disneyland, they got like the new ride and like the line wraps around the fucking park. It looked yeah. like that to get into the airport because you have all these not going to name where they're from all these tourists who are coming and buying nothing but fucking rice cookers and shit for their family back home. And they're just all over the place, not listening to rules. You know, the, the Japanese staff are struggling to like contain the situation and it was just awful. Go to Kyoto. It was the same situation. Like the, anywhere you go, when you get that many people, especially with a non matching culture, let's just say that. Yeah. You can't possibly have a good time. 
We don't want that. We don't need that. We don't want that. That is not something that we need. So we don't want that. Yeah. And I don't think it's actually going to be a problem in the in the next year or so, just simply because the place that I'm talking about is not really doing a lot of tourist outbound tourism right now. But anyway, we don't want that. What we want is we want like controlled, organized, clean tourism. Yeah. That's what we want. Like I would rather pay more for a good experience and go to like a bunch of like cheap places because Japan tourism is kind of known for having a lot of free places to go to or it's like a couple of dollars to enter that's fine as long as it's like so i think what you're trying to say is like if you go to like for example i don't know you go to i don't know you go to a shrine for example right yeah most of them are just free to enter like you're saying you would probably you would like lesser people would maybe pay a little bit to get in i would prefer to have something like like uh an in-detail guided tour through the shrine where like like they include like an experience and they show you like the whole process of what you should do and stuff like that, rather than just having like the floodgates open and having a million people trying to walk through. When I was, uh, Nagoya, I was in Nagoya. I went to some, I don't remember. I don't even remember it was cause like, that's how bad it was. It, it just, all it was, you know, when you're, again, I'm going to compare this to Disneyland, you know, when you're in a Disneyland line and it just, they have like thematic stuff around you yeah. as you walk through the line. That was, ex- that was the experience of this, I think it was a temple. I don't remember, but it's just like you just walk through, and there was like various stuff with like little explanations, and it, that's all it was. It was just like a, a hallway through this place, and then you went out the other side, and it was just like. So it's like Disneyland without the ride. Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> what? What the fuck did I just do? And I didn't, I didn't understand what what it was like because there was no, I don't know. There's just no engagement. Yeah. Right. I, I think that if you had a guide, if you had like the deeper, the deeper dive, it would be better. Now, don't get me wrong, guys. I don't want to, I don't want to blame any country in particular. I'm American. If you shipped in a million Americans to Tokyo, that would be a shitty time. That yeah. would not be fun. Okay. So we don't want that. Right. I mean, if I'm American and I travel all the way to fucking Japan, I don't want to cu- travel all the way to Japan to meet up with a bunch of fucking Americans. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to have an authentic Japanese experience. Right. I mean, obviously other tourists being there is totally cool if I'm a tourist, but you don't want to cram so many people in there. The only people that I'm seeing are like people from my home country. And I think it's not just that, but just like the sheer number of people. Like I mentioned the Kiyomizu Dera, the like water temple in Kyoto. Yeah. Like going there during peak seasons pre-pandemic, it's literally being so packed that you're touching someone from every you don't like point. that? And then like you can't even control the speed that you're walking. You don't, you don't like, like that? No. 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 I don't think anybody likes that. <laughs> no, I mean, that's what I'm saying. So they, they just need to make sure that the tourism happens in a, in a, in a way that makes sense. Because what they were doing before was they were just like, increase numbers. Like no one thought about this other than, we, you know, 15 fold. <laughs> we have more numbers. But they don't. What the fuck are they doing? And the thing is, is this this kind of like... Ah oh, man, I, I I'm trying to choose my words uh, nicely here. This kind of like mobs and mobs of people descending upon a single small area for like three or four hours, and then getting back in their huge convoy of buses and leaving does nothing for the local economy. They buy nothing. They shut down the town while so the the normal townspeople can't do anything. It's horrible. We don't we don't want that. Right. We want people to come in, deep dive, spend a lot of time, figure out, you know, learn the the local culture, hang out with the locals, you know, uh, experience the real, you know, Japan. We don't want them to fucking and, I, and spend money. Well, and spend money. Yeah. But like there needs to be th- also things for them to spend yeah. money on. 
But anyway, uh, so let's keep going. Um, so, 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 in order to get those those uh, tourists back up in numbers, Japan is going to stop paying for your vaccines. Panel of experts on Monday proposed that the Japanese government end the free rollout of COVID-19 vaccines administered as a special measure, citing concerns over a further deterioration in its uh, fiscal health, uh, already considered one of the most the worst among major economies. The government has spent about 17 trillion yen, 115 billion, to aid medical services in the fight against the coronavirus pandemic, with expenditures including the securing of hospital beds and facilitating the supply of vaccines free of charge. I don't know. I think three years of the pandemic has probably cost this country more than $115 billion. And I think that if you say, hey, we're not going to send you your little postcards in the mail anymore and pay for your vaccines, I think that the COVID vaccine is going to go the way of the flu vaccine, which is like five people will get it every year. Yeah, I'm always surprised, like... Uh, because we work at an English school, we always get our... Because we work with ch- children yeah, we, and old people? We always get our flu vaccine, but whenever I like ask uh, people I know... Don't you know if you get the flu vaccine, you get the flu. That's how that works. There's no science behind that whatsoever, and I don't know why people think that. <laughs> yeah, it, but it's not just uh, Japan, but like also in America. I realized like after I came to Japan that like most people in America that I know never get the flu vaccine. So, you know, I think it just depends on what kind of like industry you work in. If you, if you are a teacher or if you work with medical professional in a medical profession, I think most people get their flu vaccine. Um, I mean, I was a teacher during the H1N1 flu outbreak in 2007 8 I don't remember when that was but yeah so I was like a teacher in America during that time and I definitely got my flu vaccine but the thing is is like the flu vaccine is kind of tricky because they have to guess like a year before what flu strains will be you know prominent the next year so that's kind of tricky sometimes they get that down and sometimes they don't but here's my thing you know if you're a police officer and you're wearing a bulletproof vest yeah like everybody always says it's like why are you got a bulletproof vest on if your head's exposed it's like well if i get shot in the chest yeah it's like yeah it's not a perfect solution but it covers some part of me the yeah. larger the largest target of me Right. So like, that's why I see about the flu vaccine is it's not perfect, but it's better than nothing. So are you going to get the, your fourth shot? It'll be my fourth. It's going to be the BA5 variant vaccine. Cause apparently I've never gotten COVID. It's good. A nice story from you since you always pluck out the, the fun stories. All right. Nintendo unveils second official store in Osaka before November 11th opening. November 11th. That was yesterday. That, you know, it was, it was pokey no he. Yeah. Pokey day. It was, as we learned, Idei no Hi. Which is... Did you meet anybody? Idei no Hi means like a day where you can meet the love of your life or something. Let's see. I met a guy in a bar who was talking about his dead friend yesterday. That sounds like an Idei to me. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo Co. on Thursday unveiled its second official store in Osaka ahead of its opening on Friday offering over 2,000 items of iconic game-themed merchandise on an 800-square-meter area in a major department store. Uh, Capcom, another video game company, will also open an official outlet on the same floor of the Osaka department store on Friday. So, my theory is, mm-hmm. with all of the things that... Smash uh, Brothers, right? Yeah. They're, I think they're going to make a like an MCU. They're going to make a NCU, a Nintendo cinematic universe they're going to just keep expanding until they make like a 
Super Smash Brothers. As, as long as uh, the uh, voice for Pikachu remains uh, Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds, I'm I'll, I'm okay with it. That's that's my only requirement, guys. That's that's all I need. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking so I'm looking forward to the Deadpool three. I'm I, I I don't know what they're gonna do with it, but I hope they finally figure out the the mutants in the MCU because now that they have the rights, I guess whatever. Are you gonna watch the Mario movie? Yeah, I am. I'm actually looking forward to that because, like, everybody's like, oh, his voice isn't the same. I was like, dude, could you actually watch an entire movie with a woohoo? Yeah. Like, come on. Maybe. I, don't I know. would not watch but that. But I do like that. Uh, what do you call it? Bowser is Jack Black. Yeah. Yeah. Jack Black is, he's a super talented actor and singer. He he could pull it off. Yeah. I think. I, I think it'll be fine. All right. Let's go to a, a serious story about death penalty stuff uh japan's justice minister dismissed over gaffes about death penalty so it's like i don't understand like why come on japan japanese prime minister fumio kashida on friday dismissed yusuhiro hanashi uh, as justice minister after criticism over remarks widely seen as making light of his role of authorizing executions of death row inmates Hanashi, who assumed the post in August, told a political gathering on Wednesday that the justice minister is a low-key position and becomes a top story in daytime news programs only when stamping a steel a seal on documents of ex- execution. Probably true. I mean, he's probably not lying. Why did you have to say it? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Death penalty... What's your take on death penalty? Mitch? It's very simple. Here's my here's my thing on death penalty. And this I'm talking to all of you, you know, red-blooded Americans out there that think you're so smart. If you here so from an American perspective, okay? If you demand your second amendment rights, your right to bear arms so that you can rise up against the tyrannical government and defend your rights as a human being. Why the fuck do you give that government the, the right to kill people? Right. Maybe you shouldn't do that. Huh? Right. If the government was never allowed to kill U.S. citizens in in America, right? If you're in U.S. government, never allowed to kill U.S. citizens. Don't you think that that would make it safer for everyone, especially preventing a tyrannical rise in like tyranny or whatever the fuck you're worried about? Yeah. Okay. So also the state and this is what you know those those you know, libertarians always tell you government doesn't work it's inefficient it's you know they're they're incompetent and then you want to give them the right to kill people like it doesn't make any sense right so what you want to do is you want to do like what i think the nordic countries have gotten right is that if you have someone who's done something so heinous that you want to murder them by the state don't do that just put them in you know box forever until they you know die anyways because like when we, especially if you look at this from the United States, like if you put somebody on death row, it takes them like an average of 18 years to finally get executed. It's like, what's the point of all? And then you have to spend all these resources to try to, you know, appeals and all these other crap. It's just ridiculous. So I just firmly do not believe. Oh, and then there's also, there's, there's pretty good evidence that the United States government in various states have executed innocent people. Yeah. Yeah. So unless you can tell me with a hundred percent certainty that, Every single execution that ever happened in the entirety of your country's history was 100% right. 100% right. Maybe you shouldn't give your government the power to kill people. Yeah. Because that's kind of a permanent thing. 
there are too many news articles where they say like man released from prison 40 years after like finding out that he didn't murder the girl or something like that like so because i'm a sadist i guess i watched the uh the victim testimonies for the parkland shooter court case oh god which is like depression very long and like one of the things now i've got nothing against those families who have endured horrible like terror and i have i've got nothing i have i hold no candlelight to what they've gone through okay but one of the things that struck me as odd is they kept saying the jury got it wrong because the jury didn't unanimously uh, vote for the death penalty in that case. So he got life in prison. He got like, I don't know, 9,000 consecutive years of, of life in prison. Like he's never coming out. He's never going to see the light of day. And I kept just thinking, I was just like, I don't know if I was, if I was a, a, a and again, I'm not, so don't, maybe this will come back to bite me. But you know, if I was one of the victim's families, I would want him to sit in jail and think about what he did for the rest of his fucking life. Yeah, and honestly, if he's in an American prison, he's probably gonna get knifed anyways. <laughs> I mean, let's just be honest, right? So, like, I don't know. They were just like, the jury got it wrong. I was just like, okay. And then I had to think about, if, okay, if I was in the jury and I had to hear all the things that they had to hear in that trial, would I, you know, vote for the death penalty with this my per- personal political belief? And I'm not sure if I could, if I would have or not. I'm not sure. Yeah. It's a hard one because that dude is a fucking that that's if there is somebody for the death penalty, that's the dude right there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, I don't I don't think that Japan should be definitely should not be uh, America and Japan should not have the death penalty because American courts are a joke and Japanese courts are also kind of a joke. Yeah. So. I mean, like they have like a 99 percent conviction. Dude, they're always right. What are you talking about? They just, they just torture you until you confess and then they hang you. Oh, by the way, that's how they execute people in Japan. They hang you. Really? Yeah. That sounds very inhumane. It's like the <laughs> Wild West, but it's it's very rarely done. Right. Okay. But it does happen. And anyway, it's, yeah. Let me get to one more um, uh, court case that happened recently in Japan that, so we can get off the dark stuff. <laughs> So, uh, ex-nursery head staffer found guilty over boy's death in school bus. So, if you remember this, we had this this uh, story uh, a few months back. The former head of a nursery school in southwestern Japan and a fellow staff member were found guilty Tuesday for failing to notice that they had left a five-year-old boy inside a school bus, causing him to die of heat stroke last year. Uh, according to the ruling, Tomo, I'm not going to read your name, uh, uh, the victim's name, uh, died on July 29, 2021, after, so I guess this was last year, after being uh, left alone inside the bus for nearly nine hours until 5.15 p.m. Uh, after the members of the staff had failed to check that all those who had previously been on board had gotten off before they locked the door. Um so two two people, the head and the staffer, were both found guilty, and they both had uh, sentences that were they were one was five years, the other I think was like a few like two, two years or something like that. Um, but uh, they they're suspended sentences um, because. But he, the judge, ultimately handed down suspended sentences for the two defendants after taking into consideration that up until that day, they had regularly ensured all children had got off the bus, but had on that occasion become distracted after they tried to soothe another child who had started crying. That's just a shit situation all around. One good thing that came out of this situation, which the mom, by the way, is not happy with that sentence. She, she's she's like, it's not going to bring back my son. And that's, you know, I understandable. 
One of the good things that came out of that story, though, is that a lot of nursery schools that have school buses mm -hmm. have taught the kids to honk the horn if right. they're trapped on the bus, which is not something that you would really think about unless something like this tragically happens. So, um, you know, hopefully that, you know, more lives in the future, I mean, just by paying attention to, you know, who's on, on, on and off the bus, but also, you know, if there is a situation where a kid gets left on the bus, they know what to do. Yeah. And it seems like there are a lot of uh, kindergartens now that are implementing new systems that definitely like keeps track of where every single kid is at all times and stuff like that. So a lot, a lot of digital systems yeah. and stuff like that. One of the things, I mean, like, dude, sometimes tragic, <laughs> you need tragic events to move, you know, people to do the right thing. And in one, one case in America is a couple of kids were playing hide and seek. They, they hid in the trunk of their parents' car and then died. And then, so, and then, so after that, I think it's, uh, it's, I think it's regulated that every single trunk of every single new car in America has to have a pull tab on it that opens it from the inside. So, I mean... I mean, that'll save people from being kidnapped and stuff like I that. I don't know. So. I don't know. You can always cut that cord, man. Oh, okay. All right, let's go to a story that's from you. All right. Japan has stopped printing its current yen bills. Mount Fuji, only element to be retained in new set. A changing of the yen guard for everything except Japan's tallest mountains. Uh, for... Nearly 40 years, people in Japan have been happy when they see Yukichi Fukuzawa's face because, not necessarily because of who he is, and I actually don't really know too much about him, do you? He's at the top of the KO University, oh, okay. was the top of the KO University, I think. Anyway. Well, I was always happy to see him because he <laughs> is on the 10,000 yen bill, which is the highest value piece of paper currency in Japan, roughly, what, $80 now at this point? But as of this month, uh, the Japanese government has stopped printing uh, those bills and they will be changing it to the new bills, uh, which will include economist Eiichi Shibusawa <laughs> on the 10,000 yen mm -hmm. bill, educator Umeko Tsuda, and scientist Shiba Saburo Kitazato okay. on the 1,000 yen bill. So they're changing the uh, oh, and we actually have it. Yeah, let's let's, let's show it. Let's show take it. Take a look I'm at it, it now. Yeah. So I mean, all of these say sample on them in Japanese. So don't worry, you can't don't don't try to do anything fishy, guys. Actually, you know what's uh, what's really funny? Adobe Photoshop knows when you've tried to import currency into it. Yeah. It will tell you nope. Yeah, and every episode that we've had that we talked about, like the yen dropping and stuff like that i wanted to put the yen on the thumbnail but it just said nope yeah, you no can't it's like do nope that. it's like nope no 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 i mean it makes sense it totally yeah. makes sense but like it's just like every time like photoshop's like nope no i mean even if it has like the red markings on it like these do that that denote that it's just a sample yeah it's still like photoshop's like no dude no but anyways these are the new bills that you see when you come to japan i uh, don't like them not gonna lie kind of don't like them but then again, I didn't like the the new U.S. currency when they made monopoly money out of U.S. currency. I guess I, I kind of like the thousand yen bill on the back. Yeah, the back of the thousand yen bill is okay. Everything else kind of meh. Yeah. I received a one hundred yen uh, note the other day. Oh yeah, I saw that picture. Yeah, it was cool. I was like, wow, hundred yen note because like hundred yens are coins. Right? Yeah. I I had a five hundred yen note before. That's not that rare. And I also had a 2,000 yen note. Oh, yeah. I have a 2,000 yen note. Which are common in Okinawa because, you know, GI is like, oh, it's like a 20. Yeah. Whatever. But, um, yeah, the the I've never had a 100 yen note until recently. And I was like, wow, this is cool. 
Uh, I've never seen one in person mm. before. Speaking of currency, Japan... Uh, Bank of Japan chief rejects idea of remaining at home for another term. So the genius that is responsible for all of the wonderful economic prosperity that's happening in this country. I'm just kidding. Uh, Bank of Japan governor, whatever, on Thursday dismissed the idea of remaining at the helm at this, uh, of the central bank beyond his current term that ends in April, saying he has no such desire. That's basically it. He's just like, fuck it. I'm out of here. <laughs> He's just mic dropping and leaving. <laughs> like... No, I mean, like he was scheduled to retire uh, at the end of the fiscal year. And he's like, and everybody's like, so with the young being in the situation it is right now, don't you think that you should maybe stay at the home and try to help fix things? He's like, mic drop. Bye. Is that when the yen started to improve? Because it, it went from like 151 yen to the dollar to like 141. I don't know. Dude, like the way that currency markets work, like every time like a person like me like tries, it's like, okay, this is how no one has any fucking idea how that shit. It's just like a mystery. It's magic. <laughs> it's magic. It really is. Uh, let me go to one more. Let me go to two more serious stories. And then you get some fun ones for us. Okay. So here we go. So Japan police launch unified online system for lost and found items. Now the, the big news here is that, so there's, you know, Japan is like famous for returning lost items like if you lose something except for my keys that one time if you lose something in this country you'll it'll basically come back to you um and uh they most train stations have lost and founds that are just filled with plastic uh, umbrellas i wonder what they do with those anyway um so j the japanese police are trying to figure uh trying to create a unified system uh that will be digitized and it'll, it'll basically link up all the lost and founds across the country so you if you lose anything anywhere in the country you'll be able to find it now the reason why i even talking about the system is because their aim is to launch this by march 2027 how are you going to be then 65 are you going to be retired 2027 2027 it's going to take them five years five years wow to, to, to make a digitized lost and found <laughs> the fuck are they gonna do can't they just like put a like qr code on every they're having item? they're currently <laughs> having meetings about what kind of meetings they're gonna have to have about the meetings that they need to make in, the in systems 2026 20, <laughs> i actually uh when i rode the train on wednesday uh i sat down and i was like what the? And i sat on like a fat wallet it was like full of cash and i was like pocket that no i i turned it into the uh, train station but it happens all the time dude yeah I, I found a wallet downtown and um yeah i think i've explained i've talked about this before it was filled it was during boning kind of season which oh, is yeah. like the end of the year party season and it was like filled with cash and a condom and like some call girls like business card and i was just like i was like taking it like this to the police i was like you can have that just squirt some purel on my <laughs> well that's like a i i don't know how often it happens nowadays in japan but that used to be a big problem in Japan because uh, j most Japanese companies have bi-yearly bonuses. Yeah. So then like salarymen go out drinking stuff like at the end of the year after they get their end of the year bonus and then sometimes they lose. It's, it's a it's a fictional trope as well. Like um, dr there's a Doraemon episode. Maybe it's Crayon Shinchan. There's, a, there's one of those episodes where the dad gets his... Because they used to get their salary as like a cash in hand payout once a month. Yeah. And so they just got this wad of cash. So that if they like take that drinking yeah. before they go home to their sober and supposedly more logical wife, then they might lose it. And then it's even worse during bonus season, right? Yeah. Last serious story from me. Japan given infamous infamous fossil award at climate change conference. And we actually have a little bit of uh, experience with this. 
The Japanese government is making huge efforts to export false solutions, such as coal-fired power plants to other countries, despite the international trend to end investment in fossil fuels. The Climate Action Network said during the 27th session of the UN Climate uh, Conference in Egypt. Though reason, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring this particular story up is because in the comments, it's like, why do I separate my trash? into 19 different categories if japan's not doing a good job and then the second comment on was that it's like burnables is just burned non-burnables is burned even harder <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense they need more more fuel to burn it right <laughs> well because you know we went to a recycling facility yeah. and we're like what do you do with all the plastic that you collect and they're like we recycle it into energy i'm like is that code word for burn it <laughs> yeah that was definitely the most shocking part of that he's like well, we make it. I was like, you burn it, right? He's like, yeah, we yeah. burn it. I was like, that's great. <laughs> All right, let's go to your stories. All right. Tom and Jerry have been given an ultra uh, kawaii redesign in Japan for a new animated series. So the American animation, uh, now I think it's owned by Cartoon Network, but mm -hmm. it's from like how many years ago? 60 years ago or something like that? Yeah, was, you know, before I was born. Yeah, they are fairly popular in Japan as like a, a brand. There is a fucking bar that I go to that has two giant 85 inch television screens that just play nothing but Tom and Jerry looping on it. Is it the pizza place? Kona. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a thing that they do at a lot of their stores too. It's weird. Yeah. I, I don't know why, but like a lot of our uh, students, they have clothes that have Tom and Jerry on it. It's like, like not as big as like hello kitty and stuff like that but like it's on the same two two big weird character trends in here one is tom and jerry the other one's snoopy i'm like why I'm like where did snoopy come from yeah snoopy's really big in it's japan weird yeah anyway but anyways uh so we'll put it here up on the screen on youtube but oh my God. i like it's like i can't even recognize it how is this tom and jerry so are they like best buddies that i don't know they don't chase each other and they're no longer violent i don't know that's probably for the best actually yeah like teaching kids not to not to hit each other with like what do you call them coal pokers oh my god there's just so much stuff that happens in that in that tv show anyway all right moving on to another animation candy from ghibli's grave of the fireflies is disappearing as manufacturer goes out of business for the second time i'm sad about this because my i just actually sent this to my hairdresser she's one of the sponsors of the show and uh and i was like her the name of her shop is drops Right. Which is literally taken from this this candy. This candy that's on the screen here. Yeah. They call these candy drops, right? We're not going to talk Grave of the Fireflies because that's just sad. But yeah, Dropus. And yeah, they're going out of business again. Yeah. So this is like one of the most infamous. Like, I mean, Ghibli is famous for their food and all that. But uh, in that movie, Grave of the Fireflies, they eat this candy. Does anybody consume this these days without evoking me mental images of that movie? Yeah, like I I don't like to eat it just because I think about <laughs> the movie. <laughs> but uh, maybe that's why they're going out of business. But this tin of fruit flavored candies uh, in the movie, it, it's not like a fictional brand or anything. It's actually this company, uh, Sakuma Shiki Drops which first went on sale in 1908. So yeah, this company has been around for over a hundred years and they did go out of business once, uh, I think during World War II, 
but the company will be shutting down again on January 20th, unfortunately. I don't think I've ever purchased that before. I mean, I've seen it, you know, yeah. and they, they sell them in like, like Hambay as well. But like, I just, I never went, oh, I think I want one of those little tins of candy. That like, remind me of sadness. <laughs> they remind me of like immense crying and sadness. Uh, I mean, I don't eat sweet shit anyways, but like, I especially don't want that. Yeah, it is sad though that it's going out of business. Like, it, It's a really big uh, brand. Like, what would you compare it to in America? Something that's been around for like a hundred years. I don't know. Snickers or something. I don't really do candy stuff. Yeah, that's true. Like, every, like, like for Halloween, I was watching all these videos of people like going, like talking about like, oh, this, ha- this house is handing out this really good candy or chocolate or something. Yeah. I'm like, I have no idea what you people are talking about. I just don't eat any of that Did stuff. you trick or treat when you were a kid? No, I don't think I've ever gone trick or treating before. Really? Yeah. Well, no, that, that's not because of my dislike of candy. <clears throat> it's because my ultra religious parents were like, this is the day of the devil. And I was just like, so I don't get to dress up with my friends and have fun. They're like, the devil will something. I don't know. They were, they were fucked up parents. <laughs> like, so we didn't do anything like that. But you actually can end us on a very exciting note today. Yeah. So collab time. Studio is, it Ghibli? A, is it a collab? Like, what are they doing? I don't know. But Studio Ghibli is partnering with Star Wars Lucasfilm. It looks like. Me- maybe, maybe. Can you tell us what they did? So there was a mysterious tweet mm-hmm. from Studio Ghibli's account, which it shows, and I'll uh, edit this into the podcast later, but it shows uh, Lucasfilm's logo, mm-hmm. and then it fades away to Studio Ghibli's logo. Mm-hmm. And Studio Ghibli is known for like often posting like Pixar or... I don't know, other things like, and saying like, but it always includes something like, we love Pixar. We love this. Or yeah. We love that. There's no context to it. It just shows one logo feeding into the other. So there's a lot of speculation that either Studio Ghibli is going to be uh, helping with the Star Wars Visions shorts uh, series, which I guess it, it's like they hire a bunch of different animation companies and each company makes a different episode in their own style, similar to the, what was it? Love. Death Robots. Love or, Death Robots. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that's what it is. Or it could be that going the other direction where Lucasfilms is going to help with a live action. Uh, Totoro. I just want to see a giant Totoro like go through the streets of Japan. Like that would be just terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> like there'd be nothing cute about that all cg'd up and like ru- like going through the streets of tatooine because every fucking star wars everything's in tatooine these days yeah it's like the cheapest thing well, yeah to render. you just have to go to the desert and just the desert yeah so, anyway um if there is a lucas films studio ghibli crossover what would you want i think i would like to see some kind of like live action of one of the Studio Ghibli movies or a completely different, like original movie created between the two of them. Hmm. How about you? I don't know. I'm trying to think about all the Ghibli like, like properties that I would want to see like a remake of. And I'm thinking Naushka would be my pick for, cause it's kind of like on an alien world. There's mm-hmm. like, I don't remember what they're called. The snail things that go on a straight line and whatever they're called. But yeah, there's like a lot of like sci-fi stuff in that 
I could see that being a really fucking cool live action movie. Yeah, it would have to be something pretty that can like utilize all the CG and stuff like that. Because a lot of Studio Ghibli movies, I guess some of them have a lot of like fantastical elements, but most of the worlds take place in like a realistic world, right? Now it's bothering me. I need to know what those things are called. The snail thingies. Nauska creature. Creature. I mean, they could do like a Spirited Away or something, but I'd just be kind of... Spirited Away, I don't want them to touch. You know what I mean? Like, that's just like sacred to me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, I'm, I I googled Nauska creature and it's like, it says, where is it? Is Nauska sexualized? It's like the first, like top question. It's like, it's weird. Anyway. Anyway, no, uh, I don't know. I, I, I just want to see this because I think it. I th- this is one of the more off. I don't want to say off brand. Nausicaa was just. It just seemed like it doesn't really fit in any of their universes mm. that are like weirdly Japanese Europe. You know, all of their movies are like weird Japanese Europe's. Yeah. Um, but in in this case, this I could see this being like really cool. I don't know. Yeah, but anyways, I'm excited to see whatever they do. I'm fan of both companies although i haven't really kept up to date with any of the lucasfilm stuff recently there's so many series now oh my god can we talk about one more thing before we go i just this just popped in my head so like there's this post going around on reddit you have to insert this in later um it's like this uh this water park that they're building in um in qatar And the top comment on it, I'll I'll throw it in. I'll I'll send it to you. The top comment on it says, uh, "I first I want you to look at it and see what it looks like." So this is what it looks like. This is a water park. Okay. Okay. And the top the top comment on it is, "Howls moving OSHA violation." Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll just end on that, guys. <laughs> uh, if you're if you're just listening to the podcast, it's basically this like like monstrosity of like tubes that look like Howl's Moving Castle. Uh, that's just like, I don't know why it's built like this. It's just insane. But anyway, uh, anyway, um, let's go to Napoli Festival and get some pizza. Oh, I actually really wanted to go, but I've got some filming I got to do. Well, you can always go tomorrow in the rain. I've got filming tomorrow too. Go tomorrow in the rain. <laughs> All right, guys, it's been our show. Uh, if you want links to any of the articles that we've talked about, they're in the description. If you want to be our patron, check us out. Link is in the description as well. Uh, comments. If you guys have comments on any of the things that we talked about today, if you wanted to, you know, what's your LucasArts Ghibli dream crossover? Hit us up in the comments, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye, everybody. Thank you guys so much for listening, and a special thank you to our supporters on Patreon. Jan Myler, Jen, Justin Perkins, Ellen, Dennis P., and Ellen Mary. You guys rock.